pain in the class. This is episode eight, I think. <laughs> Losing track now. In this episode, we talk to our friends Sally and Josh. And they have, well, I mean, we've been teaching together for the last two years or so. Josh worked in Sri Lanka and in China beforehand. So we talked to him about how he, how he coped with the differences in the countries, the differences in the cultures, the languages. And we talked to Sally about her experience teaching here in Madrid. Uh, we also focused this episode on friendship and making friendships and forming friendships in other countries. Yeah, very important stuff. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time and we hope you have a great time listening to it. So, without further ado, here is the episode. Alright guys, how you doing? Good, All right. yeah. Hello. So, we are here with Josh. Hello. And Sally. Hello. Oh. Please, introduce yourselves. Josh, why don't you begin? Oh. <laughs> they both just did, for the listeners at home, they both just did very British uh, <laughs> gesturing <laughs> to the other person to begin. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm Josh. I've, I've been a teacher for two and a half years, I think, more or less, too long. And um, I've been in Spain for about 18 months. And before that I was in China, and then before that in Sri Lanka. And yeah, yeah, all that in two and a half years. Yeah, it's yeah, squeezed it in, you know, just dotted around a few places, but settled down in Spain, so quite like right. it here. Thank yeah. you very much, Josh. And I'm Sally. I'm from near Manchester in the UK, and I've been here for nearly two years now teaching English. So, Josh, do you want to tell us um, about your different experiences in different countries? Compare them a little bit. Which was your favourite? Okay. Um, They've all been quite different. So in Sri Lanka, I was a volunteer teacher. So it was in a rural area of Sri Lanka, going around and teaching in different schools and places like that. And then uh, I did that for about three months. There it was very, the students were really well behaved. There were huge classroom numbers. So we'd have like 70 to a class sometimes. So how many teachers? Uh, We'd have a, a teacher and then you kind of have like two teaching assistants as volunteers, but really you kind of handle it all together. So we did a lot of classes where we just tried to make English as fun and as interactive as possible, but they were very studious out there. And then I went to China and it kind of was a bit like a, a, you're like a white monkey act for the kids. So you're, you're singing and dancing constantly. You don't actually teach grammar or anything like that. You're just, you know, making shapes with your arms, like forming a triangle, having kids shout triangle, singing songs, <laughs> stuff like that. Wow. So what age groups did you work with in both places? In Sri Lanka, my first class was um, was a bit crazy. So I was told it was going to be 15-year-old students, maybe about 30 of them. And I got there, and the oldest student was 40, and the youngest <gasps> was 10. In one Ooh. class? In one class. There were 70 people there, and all the levels were completely mixed up. So. We had uh, some people speaking at like an A1 level and then some at like a B2. And we just had to sort of handle it. My lesson plan just went out the window. Yeah, I can imagine. I had no idea what I was doing for that. And uh, in China, it was 18 months old to 11. Yeah. All learning how to say triangle. Yeah, and I'm assuming they got not, it down not in the same class, that one. 18 <laughs> no, months no, and 11, no. okay. Uh, yeah, so it was it was quite different to go from teaching sort of high school age students and quite a range to 
you know, like preschool and primary school. And what are you doing here? High school. I'm teaching high school here. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing the same program as yeah, I'm on, everyone else? On the auxiliar program, so just working in a high school. The ages are 12, yeah, first of ESO to bachelorato. Those are the ages I teach. Mostly first of ESO, which is, they don't really know how to control themselves just yet, so <laughs> they still kind of have that craziness to them. But no, which is good, good, which is a good thing. Yeah, sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> mm. What age do you prefer? I, I like the high school ages, I think they're quite good. You can kind of level with them a bit more, so you can explain to them quite reasonably that, you know, we are going to do a game at the end of this class if we can just get this work done. And so you can negotiate. You negotiate a bit more. <laughs> but I teach seven year olds in an academy as well, and they just don't. They just obviously they, at that age they can't process that there's a reward at the end of the class <laughs> if they can get through all this book work that they have to do. So do you try, or have you given up trying to negotiate, to negotiate with them? With the seven-year-olds? Yeah. Oh, I've tried loads. I tried to bribe them with sweets. Do you have a Milky Way? That's in the high school. So the milk, the Milky Ways I bring in for the first of SO classes, and I didn't realise it would be as successful. Well, it's now a bit of a failure because it's been such a great success. <laughs> Um, the just kids like kind of hound me for these Milky Ways now, so I brought them in just to reward like some good behaviour and you know students that are improving quickly or if they get a load of answers correct they'll have a Milky Way. And now, if I'm carrying my bag down the corridor, kids just start like clawing at my bag. <laughs> have you got Milky Ways? Have there Milky Ways in here? Like, no, 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 I don't have them, I swear, let me alone. And uh, yeah, so I, I try to like sweeten the deal for them I guess a little bit. How do you find working in an academy compared to doing an auxiliar job in a, in a high school? So the academy work is, I don't know, I think it's a bit more intense because kids act out a little bit more in a smaller group. Mm. But again, I'm teaching primary school ages there, so it's kind of different. The, uh, the high school kids, in big numbers, you can control them, like with the Milky Ways. They'll tell, <laughs> they'll tell each other to be quiet and you can get a room of 30 to sort of simmer down a little bit. But, yeah, the dynamic's completely different. Obviously, you know, you're communicating more one-on-one -on -one with all the students in the academy because there's only seven to a class. And then when you've got 30 in a high school and you're only getting an hour a week with them all, it's kind of difficult to, you know, individually check their progress and that kind of thing. Do you notice any similarities between the three countries that you've taught in, between the kids? Between... <laughs> No, not, not majorly, no. Okay. The, the kids in China were really obedient and... Uh, you know, would, were really well behaved. And they didn't really, even in the academy system, there's only, we had a max of 12 to a class there, the company I was working with. And uh, they didn't act out too much. You'd get the occasional thing, but not in the sense where if one child is misbehaving, the rest of the class tend to follow in Spain. You know, <laughs> if you lose control of a class in Spain, you, you fully lose it. <laughs> but in China, you just lose control of one kid and then you just tell them to sit down, behave themselves and then the rest are all sort of just follow that example. They have a, such a huge respect for teachers there, that's the thing. So That's pretty nice. It is, <laughs> yeah, it is nice. But it's also, it, I, I get the impression, or I got the impression when I was there, because I did a bit of public school work while I was in China, and I got the impression that it's a very much a fear implicated. Okay. Like, uh, it's, fear it's made, yeah, it's made through fear, that respect <laughs> that they have, because they know that the parents, obviously, it's different to the West where a lot of parents in the West will say, why are you picking on my child if 
you know, a teacher criticizes mm -hmm. their behavior or something mm -hmm. like that. Whereas in China, that's like a, you know, it's a death sentence to a kid. It's basically them, them saying, uh, you know, you're, you're shaming the family in, in, in that kind of way in, in public. Oh, that's so, intense. Yeah, that's the impression I got there. Because in the public schools, they, they very much, the teachers would patrol the classrooms and like kind of clip the kids around the ear and stuff, which is a huge adjustment to make considering, mm -hmm. you know, we find that completely unacceptable. But over there, they really, uh, yeah, they discipline the kids and then the parents carry that respect through, I think, for, for teachers. But it is a completely different system the way things go there. What about your experiences teaching in Spain? So you also have worked in an academy and as an assistant. So mm -hmm. tell us, how do you find it? Yeah, I think Josh definitely made a good point with the fact that the classes are more difficult to control in the academy because they're coming like late after school, mm. they're really tired, they're really stressed out, they don't want to do anything. But I guess it's the, kind of the same though in the high school a lot of the time. I guess it depends on their attitude to learning because a lot of my kids come to school first thing in the morning not wanting to do anything. <laughs> <Yeah. then, so. laughs> and after um, lunch, not yeah. wanting yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Having stayed up until uh, four in, in the morning on their phones. Oh yeah, playing Fortnite. Playing Fortnite, <laughs> yeah. Or playing with their fidget spin. I'm, no, I'm, I'm way, way behind. <laughs> what do the kids I'm do I'm so 2017, days? man. I'm glad we're out of the fidget spin <laughs> stage. What about the yeah. bottle flipping? Do they still do that? <laughs> Um, hey, that was, no, that was like three years ago. I don't know. What century What's you're living trend? in, Grandma? They do the swish dance. They do the swish dance. The backpack kid dance. The backpack kid dance, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Oh, that's amazing. Is it? <laughs> is, it is it, though? I is wish it? I could do it, yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm jealous of them. I've given it a try, and that's when I realised I disliked it, that I could easily, <laughs> easily get a dance down that all these kids seem to be able to do. And they do it at any age, you know. The yeah. seven-year-olds are doing it. Oh, gosh, yeah. And then... I haven't seen the Bachelor of Arts do it, actually. No, my, my ones don't do it because they all have children of their own. So. <laughs> It'd be far too embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, anyway. Well, maybe we can edit this out later if, like, once I do or do not get permission from Tyree from episode one. But um, she was telling me, uh, she was looking back at her Twitter the other day and she saw a tweet from her, like, first day... Um, working at the school that we're working at and it was like I just did a dab to make a class of seven-year-olds like me and I've never been more ashamed. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh. There is a level of shame that comes with a dab. Yeah. Always. I dabbed a little bit in, in, in I class. I, I dabbled I, with, I dabbing. Dabbled with dabbing. dabbing. You know, to my shame. Yes. <laughs> How did it work out? The kids there were definitely shocked that a teacher had done it. I don't know if they were impressed or, or they felt, you know, a bit ashamed of me as a teacher. <laughs> embarrassed for me. Embarrassed yeah. for me. Yeah. Maybe they didn't dab correctly. <laughs> I mean, that's even worse. Yeah. Dabbing incorrectly. How can dab? How's he going to do the swish fish? <laughs> <laughs> so when you say you tried it, do you mean in your room in front of a mirror what the swish fish yeah no i was in class and they were all you know they were all going for it oh, you know okay. i put some music on and they'd gone for it so i thought I'm, I'm just gonna try this extended my arms out like you do <laughs> and tried to get my hips going to go in sync and now nah, it just wasn't happening <laughs> it just didn't happen no oh, must have some secret formula that they're not telling us about. it's like anyway sally we were we were talking about you <laughs> at some point <laughs> So you are fresh off the boat. Well, mm -hmm. not that fresh anymore. I was, yeah. It was your, yeah, yeah. It was your, your first 
time abroad, right? Yeah, it's my first real job. Your first Ooh, real job? Of course yeah. it was. Well, real job. <laughs> yeah, I graduated from university and about two weeks later I started working um, at a summer school in Cambridge, actually. Um, for a month, only for a month. And that was my first real teaching experience. And I don't know, I feel like I kind of blagged my way into that <laughs> because it's that whole cycle of like how do you get experience without having any experience mm-hmm. so I managed to to get into that I was really lucky to like, get that opportunity to get my my foot in the door um that was that was pretty intense because it was it was um five days a week it was three hours non-stop in the morning I had to plan the whole syllabus myself and I had to make it entertaining (laughs) to make it engaging and I had the lowest level class which I thought was going to be the easiest because I didn't have you know like loads of grammar to learn but obviously in hindsight that was a a pretty tough decision because they were they were really low level and they couldn't get a quite simple concept so that set me back quite a bit but the whole experience was really good and it gave me the the experience I needed to come to Spain and then that's where I met Josh and Luke in the academy that we all worked for and yeah right. well another beautiful segue to what we wanted to really talk to you about today which is forming friendships right. oh so, Luke just wants you to talk about how much you like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big validation session for you. <laughs> so i do this on every podcast i always edit it out uh no because we are you know obviously we we met doing this program we met a lot of our friends out here mm. mm-hmm. what uh, what was your experience with making friends abroad has it been easy for you has it been easier than making friends when you were at home is it is it a different experience i'm asking you a lot of questions <laughs> at the same time oh it's a hugely different experience i think because you're certainly less picky when you come abroad because <laughs> yeah like <laughs> <laughs> you kind of like our experience of actually meeting was uh, with the academy we were working for, it felt like a social experiment from the off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Even the rooms alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we were thrown into unair-conditioned rooms. With you no know, windows. No windows, 22 people split in like a sort of Big Brother house kind of scenario. because <laughs> yeah. I, I was following you and... I think it was you and Jack. Yeah, you and, and the I, first I, I, was, I, and I was following them. <laughs> And then someone was like, no, you go in that room. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, those are my friends. Yeah. It's like that bit in Titanic. I, just, I was shouting, yeah. come back. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. We were split off, weren't we? So I'd spoken to you and Jack that morning. Yeah. And yeah, they, they just separated us into random random groups. It's so weird how arbitrary that was. Yeah. Like, who your, your core friendship group were. I mean, we all merged in the we end. Did we did all merge. Yeah, yeah, we did. Like, who you became friends with in that first week all depended on whether you stepped left or right. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Or. <laughs> wow. I think we can make a, a film about this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, certainly a strange experience, but I had the same, same thing in China. Went to a training session in Beijing, and then from there, you know, I was staying in Beijing for two weeks and you become friends with the people there, but then you're sent to different parts of the country. Whereas we were scattered around the city, we had the opportunity to sort of remain close. Mm. So I think an experience as weird as like going through a group training session like we did sort of sat in an unair conditioned room for, what, 
eight hours a day. Learning what a crossword was. Learning what a crossword Learning was. how to make your own crossword online. Yeah. Incorrectly. Incorrectly, by putting the clue into the crossword and then the answer <laughs> as the clue. What? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the guy who was te- training us, oh, was teaching us, giving us a presentation on how to make a crossword and then he put it in the wrong way round. Oh, yeah. no. So it was just a long crossword. <laughs> <laughs> 50 letters long. Yeah. It was very, it was kind of a, a, a devilish act that they did really because they'd give us a, a task that would now take us two, three minutes yeah. to prepare. Like, prepare five minutes of a lesson. You have three hours to complete this task. Yeah. Yeah. Sit in this sweltering heat with 11 other people and we figure it out. Mad, we? And then so what did you... things, like, things like you don't know what level, what oh, age, yeah. Yeah, anything yeah. Oh, about the person you're going to see. It might be a 90-year-old woman, it might be yeah. a small child. Yeah. Can you tell us what you both decided to do for your five-minute lesson? <laughs> oh, it depended. We did quite oh, a few. Yeah. Oh, really? I remember was... Sally's first one, though. Go on, Sally, what was it? What was it, though? It was, well, it <laughs> you was, remember it? It was the one where... Oh, no, it, may, it might not have been your first one, but it was the one where the you said... One. What, did, what were you doing last night? Oh, that was so funny. Oh, that was scary. Yeah. It was, it, like, it Sally's was scary. very terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's channeling classroom management skills from the start. Um, it was, I think it was present continuous, wasn't it? Or, pa- or past continuous? Past, past yeah. Past. Past it was continuous. like a, what were you doing last night when the diamond was stolen? Oh, cool. And I made oh, everyone okay. give an alibi. Everyone was a bit frightened. They didn't know where it was going. <laughs> I quite Still like done. that in a class. That's a good That's thing. a good idea. Did you, did yeah. you invent that idea? No, no, I stole that. <laughs> but that's what teaching is. It's stealing other people's ideas. Looking up ideas on the internet. Yeah, and passing them off as your own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what we're all about. Uh, Favourite websites? Busy teacher. Busy teacher. Uh, Movie segments to assess grammar goals dot com. Uh, yeah, that is, that is <laughs> a good one. Teach this. Very specific. Teach this. Teach this dot com. Yeah. Beautiful. That TED Talks one. Oh, the, yeah, the TED, the TED Talks uh, yeah, one. Yeah, 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 that's a good one. I just can't remember the exact name of it, but yeah. Like TED Talks. TED ESL or something. TED ESL. Mm-hmm. Right, so back to friendships. Yes, indeed. Yay. Okay, so you're forced to make friends. Oh, yeah, Stockholm With the people big you're time. all surrounded by. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, there's, 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 <laughs> you can be a little though. bit discerning, I'm assuming. Because people dropped off. They did. They did drop, yeah. They, they, we had a group. they must have done for a reason. It was 20... Was it 26 of us total around that? Yeah. Something what, in like the that. training, you mm. mean? We ended up like a core 10. Yeah, we had a core 10 in the end. I'm sure there were what other... What happened to the others, eh? I'm sure there were other groups <laughs> yes. formed. No? I think Maybe other people not, not formed. Not a strong style group. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I think going through the ex- that experience sort of brought us together. We had something from the off to like... Talk, to talk about on a daily basis to moan about to yeah, complain about moaning. you know we came together by moaning we did which is a very British thing to oh, do yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but you had both. Americans in the group as well yeah one we indoctrinated them too. <laughs> yeah. they were they were moaning as much as we were yeah absolutely. <laughs> do you know it's an interesting thought though a lot of the people who didn't end up in our friendship group moved home they just couldn't cut it <laughs> <laughs> no yeah that's true I wonder if that was to do with not feeling like they, they had, had like any a, friends. Uh, yeah. Ooh. I don't know. I think we Just were fortunate. You know, we, we we all we all came out of that with a really strong core group of friends. Yeah. And I think when you're when you are abroad, if you don't directly have people around you, like your work colleagues, especially, to to befriend, then it can be quite isolating. Cause, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, you you can't 
you, in in the West, we don't like necessarily just go up to people and just speak to them just because they're another Westerner. I mean, there is that kind of vibe there. But certainly in China, I was friends with the people that were working for the company I was working for. It's the same. It was the same over there mm. as it, as it kind of started out here. But they were very tight knit over there, obviously, because yeah. it's a bit more isolating being in sort of. Okay. Asia. I guess it's the same if you're working in an office, if you're working anywhere at home. Yeah. You know, you're, you're friends with the people that you're surrounded with. Yeah, and obviously also. you have your mm. your friends from a past past lives, mm. from your previous... You do accumulate them. <laughs> you know, you do accumulate them. You so do. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be... If you were still in the UK, like, you'd have friends from school mm-hmm. and uni and, you know, other jobs and random groups that you've been in over the years. Whereas when you move somewhere new, you accumulate that you've like started from the beginning. Yeah. So mm. it's. Mm. But how are some other ways of that you've met people? Where do you have friends who aren't from that first original meeting, and how have you met them? Hmm. Sally. People too. tend to. <laughs> my housemates. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've met I've met people through my housemates. Um, last year I lived with all English speakers, which was very easy for mm-hmm. me coming home late from an academy so it kind of suited me to just speak in English but this year I've been quite lucky I found a, a really nice flat that had um, Venezuelan, Colombian and um, Italian housemates and it's been really good to be able to practice my Spanish but they also kind of take me out we go for meals and we go to bars and stuff and I've met a lot of new people through that it's been fun that's fun and that's particularly for speaking Spanish as well. Mm, definitely. Because otherwise I don't get the opportunity. I know that's something you've touched upon, like when, you, when you're when you an expat slash immigrant, whatever word you want to use. Probably immigrant, that's immigrant, more accurate. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't like expat. Anyway, you, you, because you meet those friendship groups with a lot of English speakers, you don't really get the chance to, to speak a lot of Spanish. Because like you said, it'd be really weird to just approach someone on the street. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're right, mate. How are you doing? You want to chat? Yeah. So, you're trying to speak friends. Yeah. Yeah. I I find myself in that situation where I I live with I've have lived with English speakers being abroad and it it shortens your opportunity to learn a language so much. Mm. You know, you don't have a chance on a I speak a lot of Spanish with my colleagues mm-hmm. or I try to at least. But you know, that's got like they're the this this the English teachers at at the high school, you know, I speak Spanish with them as much as I can. But at home, yeah, you need you need to be able to sort of just socially ease into things, I think. But you also have another thing that you do, Josh, don't you, on Wednesdays? Oh, yeah, I play... He knows I, where you go on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I play basketball and do some other sports and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so do yeah. you speak in Spanish when you play, when you train with the... Uh, with yeah, the we, so you learn, like, basic commands and stuff like that, like, bloqueo is a block or a screen, <laughs> you know, that's coming, and, you know, it's on the left or the right, because they'll shout, izquierda, derecha, and you kind of pick that up quite quick, but... Uh, I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I kind of fell into this basketball club that I'm playing with now and what they do is they they really make an effort to accommodate American and you know English speaking uh, well people from English speaking countries because after the training we all go to this bar and we have like an intercambio where they just will not speak English to you at all they can all speak English perfectly but they will just they will just sort of push the Spanish out of you which is nice that's That's great yeah so how did you find the basketball thing um Callum, who is a friend of ours and, and I work with, uh, he he happened to be going to this training session and said, come along. So went along one week and we have matches on Sundays, trainings on Wednesdays. 
but that's been a good way to meet sort of new Spanish people. Yeah, that's good. They're all different ages as well. The oldest is uh, 50. Just found out the other day he's 50. I couldn't believe it because he looks about 35. Yeah. <laughs> Domingo, he's crazy. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, then people in their early 20s as well. Yeah. So it's a good range of people. Yeah. And luckily for me, the only sport I like and know how to do is netball. So <laughs> yeah. it is only English. But there is a netball club in Madrid, which I've been to a few times, but obviously it's only English-speaking people. Didn't they have a mixed netball? There, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so, it's it was really such fun. good fun. Like yeah. it is. I mean, that's another good way of meeting. Pe- it's a good way of meeting people and meeting friends, but it's definitely not a good way of practicing Spanish. Going back to your friends, for example, in China or in Sri Lanka, the people oh, yeah. you met out there, mm-hmm. have you kept in touch with them? Yeah, as, a few of them. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly a few that I was really close with. Like obviously, everywhere you go, you kind of have mates. Like the the downside of being abroad is is really that. Like, good friends like come and go very quickly mm. so you know we have people that we'll get very close with over the space of a year and then either you leave or they leave or you know you both stay on for a second year and then eventually like people just keep coming and going you know but uh yeah i keep in touch with my old roommate from china and another friend who i used to play basketball with uh every now and again but obviously i knew a lot of i knew like a fair few westerners out there and you kind of just things just sort of drift apart yeah. and that's all right you know so um but certainly over there it kind of brings you together more because you are sort of un, like you feel isolated in the sense that you go out in public and people want to take pictures with you because you're not chinese and that kind of thing and you don't speak the language you don't know what's going on half the time so you kind of get unified together by going through, through confusion yeah through <laughs> confusion essentially yeah, yeah you need the support don't you yeah mm. And uh, yeah, the same with Sri Lanka as well, kept in touch with a few people from there too. So you kind of, you collect friends as you go. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's nice collecting friends from all over the world. It's like Pokemon cards. From all it over is. the world, but yeah. also... <laughs> Mainly all from, from, all from the United States or the UK, yeah. So Sally, how did you find moving to Spain for the first time? So going back a while ago in our conversation now, you graduated, you... You know, you came, you had some experience in the UK in the summer and then you came out to Spain. So how was moving to Spain culturally and socially, like not talking about the teaching? Hmm. How did you find moving to the country? Okay, <laughs> I won't lie, it was terrifying. Yeah. yeah, it was really scary. But you you just find yourself going up and down about it really, really quickly. So there are some moments where you're like, this is the best decision I've ever made. This is fantastic. I'm loving this. And then in the same afternoon, you'll have two or three moments where you're like, I'm getting on a plane, I hate it here, I don't understand anything. But you've just got to keep telling yourself that once you get that apartment, and once you get that job, and once you get that apartment, (laughs) that you'll be settled and you start to get into the routine and it all kind of melts away. But not that apartment. Not that apartment, just an apartment (laughs) would be nice. Not the first apartment that you had. What what happened, Sally? What was your apartment The first apartment that I had. Okay, so I was really naive and thought that a studio was going to be something I could achieve. (laughs) As a a single person on um, auxiliar slash um, academy wage, not not possible. I ended up in... um, a part of Madrid that was described by locals as slightly unsavoury. Um, yeah, it was just not very nice. There was bars on the windows. Cockroaches were dying in there. In the window? No, in the flat. 
Well, no, so it wasn't creatures even that famously survive the apocalypse. Come there they would die. come to it my flat to die. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, it just wasn't very nice. But then I ended up moving in with a bunch of housemates, which was so much easier because I found it far easier. And um, it, it was a lot cheaper mm. for what it was. So for anyone out there who's living in a cockroach <laughs> graveyard, yeah. there is hope. There is. <laughs> And you have a, was it in, which flat was it in where you had the cricket that was your the friend? The cricket that was in my bed. I found a cricket in my bed. <laughs> that was that flat. That was that flat. like resting yeah. its head on the pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Two in my bed for me to be okay with. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, read the small print. No way, just check the apartment. Don't well, panic. Don't yeah, panic. Don't panic don't sign. Because that's totally what I did. I panic signed because I've mm. been looking for a place for ages. I arrived here not being able to speak a word mm -hmm. of the language, which made looking for an apartment really difficult. Mm -hmm. So I ended up having to go through an agency, so I had to pay a fee, which in the end was so easy because I just clicked and bang, I had a room. But if you can... So the following year, when I got a room, I could speak more of the language. So I was able to like avoid having to pay that fee. Yeah. But even if you do speak the language, you don't know the the system here you don't know how mm. how it works you don't know how to go about it it's not easy it's not easy going anywhere it's not easy in your own country yeah. to find and you don't know the going rates you don't know how much you should be paying for no. what size room it's isn't it? yeah it'd be the same moving to another english-speaking country wouldn't it you have to yeah. get yeah, entirely yeah. new system last week we talked about what makes a good teacher is there one quality that you think makes a good teacher patience or, <laughs> That's what I there said. It is. Nice. Yeah. Patience, for all ages. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so for all. You need it in varying amounts for different ages, certainly. You know, mm. for kids, you'll you'll definitely need far more patience than you will do for adults. Mm -hmm. But it's different types of patience, isn't it? You know, kids learn at a crazy rate. You know, they they just pick up language, or expose you know language to them in any sort of way. But adults, it takes obviously as. I know, trying to learn Spanish. It is a long, long, arduous process. <laughs> but so much fun. Yeah, Language fun. learning is it great. Is fun. Yeah. What do Depends. you think, Sal? Ooh, okay. Confidence. Oh, that's a good mm, one. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't truly feel it, you've got to look comfortable. <laughs> Fake it till you leave. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because if you're, if you're stood there and you're nervous and you, you're like kind of bluffing your lines a little bit, and it doesn't feel natural. You students pick up on it immediately. Mm -hmm. I know that, like, when I've been in in classes or when I did my TEFL course and stuff, and you notice when people aren't confident up there. And like, of course, it's okay to to have days where you're a bit all over the show, but your students pick up on it. It makes everyone in the room nervous. Mm. So, Good yeah. Okay. Yeah, or at least fake confidence. <laughs> We're slowly building a picture of the perfect teacher. Uh, you're the first people we've oh, asked. No, yeah, we just, oh, right. Oh. Yeah, we just, did, we just, we just did. waxed lyrical on the last episode, just between us two. Yeah, we just came up with our own, uh, own oh, ideas. Cool. Yeah. What did you say? Uh, what did we say? Patience is all I really... Patience and understanding. The line between The line between keeping order but having fun also. Yeah, yeah being able to have like, fun really, as well. Yeah. yeah. No. Laughing with and laughing at. Yeah. yeah. You've got to be so careful with that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But laughing at mm. is more common. We do that after when, when yeah. they're not around. <laughs> Guys, have you got any good stories from, from teaching that you want to share with your listeners? Uh, yeah. I, in China, obviously, it's quite a, a big language barrier there. You know, 
it's a little bit harder. It's very difficult to learn Chinese. I certainly didn't learn much when I was there, so it's, it's pretty difficult for kids to learn uh, English. And we had this one kid called Jerry. You know, he, he was a, he's a tip-top kid, Jerry. He was uh, five years old. He had a head like a block. He had a big head. <laughs> so big, massive head sitting on tiny shoulders. And uh, he always had a big smile, and, and he was a bit of a cheeky chappy, sort of, you know, uh, sometimes run around the classroom, but be smiling the whole time, and then just sit in his chair like he'd know, he knew he he knew he'd done something wrong. But he's like, I just wanted to do that. <laughs> all right, Jerry, no problem, mate. <laughs> so he he wasn't picking up English very well at all, and we were learning shapes and colours. So all the lessons are pre-planned, and we have an interactive whiteboard. So I'm at the whiteboard. There's a big green triangle on the board, and we've just spent ages learning the different shapes and colours and how to put them together. So I say, what's this? Who can try? And this is a thing where they say, oh, let me try. And they put their hands up and I said, Jerry, come up here. So Jerry comes wandering up. And I said, Jerry, what's this? Great, big green triangle on the board, projector, you know, has it massive on the screen. And uh, Jerry looks at it, looks at me, looks at it, looks at me and goes, with so much confidence he said this, he said, it's letter six. <laughs> I didn't say anything, didn't correct him at all. I just, I went, yeah, gave him a high five. He just went back to his seat, sat down, big smile on his face. Good old Jerry. Well done, Jerry. Well done, Jerry. It's letter Wherever six. Wherever you are so today, that, Jerry. That whole class full of children also think that a green triangle is the letter six. It is the letter six. It is the letter six. Hopefully Jerry wasn't the authority yeah. in the class. <laughs> Well, seemingly so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Sally? Have you got anything? Oh, so I was correcting some some homework with a, a class, quite a young class, only second of ESSO, which I guess is like year eight. And we were, I think the question was something like, what, what do you do with the time capsule after you seal it? And this girl said, you put it in a ball. And I was like, a, a ball? She said, yeah, yeah, a ball, you put it in a ball. And I was like, um, I... I like a like a B A L L, so I wrote it in big letters on the board, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, ball," and the whole class kind of went, "No," and another kid was like, "No, you put it in a bag." So it's like, "Yeah, bag," so not not ball. You you put it in a bag. So I then just without thinking wrote bag in massive letters on the board. So then about twenty minutes later, I'm walking around and they're all got like their heads down and they're all working. And I just look up, like, hands on hips, and realise I've written ball bag in <laughs> enormous letters on the board. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, why does my board say ball bag? <laughs> and then I pieced it together and realised what had happened. But for a split second, I did think to myself, how have I reached this point where I've not noticed? But luckily, the class was such a low level, and that's such a niche piece of terminology that they didn't pick up on it which is why I could never work in a British school because <laughs> you would never get away with exactly, that exactly with slip ups like that oh. that's it it's over oh great and I had to go over to the board and kind of like surreptitiously lean against it and like try and rub it off without them noticing oh god what's your favourite day in Madrid something we ask all of our people Ooh. All of our guests. What's your favourite thing to do? Mm. Describe. Mercado de Motores in the morning, or Matadero. So like a, a big market that comes to these two different parts in the south of Madrid um, every couple of weekends. That in the morning. 
maybe a bit of a gander in Ritiro in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, then a baobab. Ah, oh. uh, tell us. Okay, so tell the listeners about about that. Okay. Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> it's a Senegalese restaurant in Leverpiers. It does um, like different types of curry. It's all made from scratch on the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, just I can't. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> salivating. It's it's just wonderful. It's, <laughs> it's it's wonder in a dish. It's got uh, every portion is huge, Enormous. huge, massive, and might I add, very reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Six seven euros. Yeah. You could, if you were feeling stingy, share a plate between two people, but no one does that. That's we did funny. that once and I really regretted it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need that full Even plate. though yeah. the portions are humongous, and it's probably enough. Like, if you were eating at home, you probably would have half a portion. Yeah. yeah. When you're making like your own stuff. Food, but, yeah. <laughs> Maybe when you if have you to share, like... you don't want to share. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Alright, Josh, what about for you? Because that's, I mean, it's hard to beat that one. I have a standard day that I just enjoy, I really enjoy doing um, when I can. Like, now the weather's good, I, uh, for example, like in the morning, I guess, I don't know, go to a market, I guess, like a San Fernando market or mm. El Rastro, depends what day it is, that kind of thing. I like to get to El Rastro early because otherwise it's just too hectic. Just have a quick look around, you know, get some food and that, and then uh, I like to have a siesta. You know, maybe have a you know a nice little siesta and then in the afternoon go and play some basketball down Lava Pies and uh, do that for a few hours mix that in with having some food at different sort of terraces and stuff and go back to the courts play some more basketball uh, then meet up with some friends and just bounce around plazas really playing cards and having beers in the sun Botteon yeah. Everyone always, and we would as well, everyone always picks a day that's just delightful when it's sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> we've had a very long rainy winter, so yeah. I think everyone's like just pretending, already wait. pretending that the winter hasn't happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, Madrid is always sunny, yep, yeah, Madrid is always hot, <laughs> yes, yeah, I like to sit outside. Uh... Terry soft to Terry. It's been, uh, yeah. it's been two days. It's literally been yeah. two days. And everyone's everyone's just tops off in yeah. the apartment. Yeah. I like to squeeze Retiro, and I've forgotten the joys of Retiro. I think it's been it's been such it's a long so time, cold, you yeah. know, and it's been that bad. The the netball club that I mentioned earlier, they they play at Retiro. That there's like a gym and like courts, outdoor courts at, at Retiro, and the girls who organise it have like um, brought netball posts and balls and bibs and they over from they've like shipped them over from the UK and they've like drawn the wow. netball the netball court on themselves like measured it out and painted it on and everything and obviously we're the only people they are the only people who play it so you get people who are there like for a little five-a-side um football tournament like in the court next door like gathering to watch and you can see like at the on the sidelines like people are sort of pointing and like you can see them trying to explain to each other what they think the rules are and oh, so cool. well, also some of, the, some of the women are really tall as well which is probably something that I'll get to see they're just pointing often. like who are these tall women and what are they doing why are they not moving uh, right thank you very much for coming on and chatting to us no You're worries welcome. about friends about love, <laughs> about praying. What? I don't know. 
I think you need to go to bed. <laughs> Alright, uh, thanks guys. Alright. Bye. 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 We hope you enjoyed that episode. Yeah, thank you very much, Sally and Josh. Uh, we, as always, are contactable on Instagram, on Twitter, at Pain in the Class. Yeah, please like us, follow us, um, retweet. We are um, we're really desperate. Comment. We wanna we wanna hear from you. We really do. And we are going to leave some links to things that the people have mentioned in this episode, like Baobab. Except <laughs> <laughs> if they All had the important links to follow. Yeah, I mean they haven't actually got any pages okay. or website well, or Facebook. We'll write the name down so yes. you know how to spell it. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. but that's all from us this week. Thank you very much for listening and yeah, speak to you soon. Bye.